Jill Urchek has worked in radio for many years, and she has been podcasting recently in addition to doing traffic on the air. I want to know what you've been doing because you've been radio for a while and you've got a podcast. I mean, what is your radio experience? Oh, geez. Okay. I graduated from Columbia College. I think it was 94. I honestly don't remember. Eh, It was around there. No, it was 94. And I was lucky enough to three months later, get a job. So this is funny because I remember it was two well-known people wanted, I could say the names. Can't I? Yeah, it depends if you want to say them. Mm, Nah. Okay, one passed away, so that's just too sad. The other one, I don't really talk to anymore. But they had said to me, maybe you should consider doing traffic. And I was like, traffic? Because I, Margaret, thought I was going to be the next, you know. Do you remember Patty Hayes? She had that cool rock and roll voice. And I'm a rocker, or I thought I was. I'm going to change rock and roll. I remember saying that at Columbia College. (laughs) I just. I don't mean you were going to change the music or how you. I was going to just change the way people listen to it. This was in my head. So, um, but anyway, two people had said to me, you should try that. And that's actually three months out of college. What got me in my first job that was 20, what, 26, almost 27 years ago. And it just traffic escalated to traffic news hosting co-hosting i did some tv um i did everything in radio except producing and it has been great i think people i know they do a lot of people look down on like what oh that's that's not so easy oh okay can i swear on here yes dumbass why don't you do it then you know it's Is it brain surgery? No, but why don't you get in 60 seconds of traffic, including a commercial in and out. But, you know, people are just rude. Let's just face it. People stink sometimes. And oh, but but what they don't realize is, A, they're not in radio. So hello is if I didn't do track, I've been on almost every radio station because of it. You get to work with every personality. Nice one, mean ones, stuck up ones, crazy ones, gentle ones. And you get to be on every show because of it. And that is what literally led to every other radio gig I have had since. It's, well, it's been a wild ride. So you basically done traffic, but what did you do on TV? Oh my gosh. I hosted a show called Casino Television for a couple of months that ran on channel 26. Um, I was, it did not last long. It lasted like two or three months. And I'll be, you know, I had, I did do some TV. I did do traffic on TV. I filled in on CBS a couple of times, but I'm not a TV person. I'm fidgety. I'm my facial expressions give away my feelings. So I can't really hide it very well. But for this casino show, I went into like the kitchens of the casino and, you know, interviewed people. And the guy who did it had good intentions, but I knew Margaret when it was happening. I'm like, God, this sucks. But you do the best you can. And I did. And I did it for a few months. And that that's how that went. Otherwise, I was just filling in doing, you know, traffic um, on TV. I don't, I'm not a TV person. I respect them. I It's not me. Unless I was just being me and almost like a somebody out, in the distance was filming me and I was just being me, I would be okay with it. But to sit still or have that straight, you know, look and uh, no, it's not me. So why do you like radio so much? Well, because I am like, 
I can give people <laughs> the bird. If they're annoying me, nobody sees it. No, uh, that is a reason. I could just be me. I could just talk like I like to do to people on the phone, to people on the street, talk to everybody. I think I'm a friendly person. I like to engage in conversation. I like to hear people's stories. And radio is awesome because you could do that. You just sit and you talk. And someone said to me once, don't you freak out when you think about how many people are listening? I said, I never thought of how many people might be listening. Because if I did, I'd be nervous. And radio is a very intimate medium. It's one-on-one. I'm talking to you, Margaret. People are listening. But if you, I think if you talk to, let's say, 2 million people, because you know, Margaret, you have that many fans. Let's say you're talking to 2 million, you do. 2 million people, I, I would be really nervous. I think it's very intimate. And you can... It's your voice. People don't, if they don't know what you look like, they have visions in their head. It's not just what you look like, what you're about. And I think it's, it's kind of mysterious and I like mystery. So I just, I love radio. Love it. Yeah. So um, I was going to say, I don't know what you look like because I haven't seen you in since before the pandemic. So, um, and you don't look your age because you said you graduated in 94 or somewhere around that. Yeah. But what do you think about the fact that, you know, you and some other people, myself included, really like radio, but it's not exactly what it was in like 1943 or something. Do what? I'm sorry. What was your question? What do I think about? Well, do you think you're do you think that your love for it is sort of anachronistic because it's it's not really a big time media right now? Oh, you know, it's funny because when I got in it, I was literally at the tail end of when it was I'm doing quote marks, the WKRP days that I remember growing up with, which were so cool. So I got to experience about, I'd say, in my opinion, radio changed in the late nineties when it started taking a very different nosedive. Okay. I didn't like it, but what are you going to do? You got to go with the wave. So I saw that part of it. And as it was changing, I was just kind of like, what is happening here. Now there are some good changes, but it's totally different. It doesn't, you're right. It doesn't have that stigma. It doesn't have the appeal it did. And that's in part due to pod. Anybody can do anything. Anybody could do a podcast. Anybody could be heard. So it's not as, it's not as special, but I think for people that started at that time, it is special and it remains special to me. Yes. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yes. And why, do, why does it feel so special to you still? Some people didn't know what they wanted to do when they grew up. If you knew a young Jill, curly blonde hair, playing with her dolls and her jewelry, nothing has changed except I have a real kid this time. Um, I have always, now this is going to sound old and I don't care. My father had a transistor. He would listen to the score, believe it or not. Is that hilarious or what? No, not the score. I'm sorry. He would listen to sports radio and score wasn't, um, I don't think it was around at that time. And but I would listen to the old WLS when they played everything. So you would hear Blondie, you would hear Zeppelin, then you'd hear Foreigner, then you would hear ABBA. So that's how my love of music became. And I love music. I can't play and I can't sing for anything, but I know what I like. So I used to play it on the old tape recorder. And I knew since I was, could, I was a fetus that I wanted to do radio some way, somehow I was going to be on the radio. Told my girlfriend that Harriet, one of my best friends, <laughs> she lived across the street from me and we laugh about it to this day. She said, you said, I'm going to be on the radio someday. And I was, and I am. So it's special to me. 
It's all I've ever wanted. It's all I've ever really thought about in terms of a career. Some, somebody said to me once, well, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out? And I, you know what, Margaret, I never thought it wasn't going to work out, not in an arrogant way, but in a, this is what I want to do kind of way. Did you ever work in another state? No, I was lucky enough to stay in Illinois, to stay in Chicago, but I did move to Bloomington, Illinois and did a morning show for a year. It was awful. What kind of morning show? It was kind of like the mix, that kind of music. It was an FM station. Um, I, I don't feel I met some nice people. I was very well received there. And I don't know why. I, I do remember a couple of people saying, because they're right between St. Louis and Chicago. They didn't like to be associated. The, some people I worked with, not all people in Bloomington, they didn't want to be associated with big cities. So they kind of wanted their own thing. You know, they don't want to talk about the Cubs or the Sox or anything related to St. Louis or Chicago. And I just felt very out of place there. And it coming from Chicago, from the Southwest side, Bloomington was so small to me. It was like the block I grew up on. It's really not that small at the time. It was a hundred thousand people, you know, but so it was a morning show. Were you on by yourself? No, I was on with, uh, <laughs> here's a little piece of Jill. You don't know my ex-husband. What? <laughs> you didn't know that Margaret. Hey, <laughs> you were married before. You didn't know that? No. And I <laughs> yeah. talked to you a bunch. I just talked to you on the way home and you didn't Yeah, I was. Okay. I was. Mm-hmm. For, you know, sadly, almost two years. He had passed away. That's, that is not, he's another radio guy. Um, but that is not why we weren't together. But he had passed away after. So that was a very sad thing. Yeah. I usually don't get into personal stuff. So, oh, I you can get it. into anything with me. I just, oh, really? you know. If Wait, I don't how were you, you got married, I usually, I as was, people know, I keep, I keep this professional, but I'd like to know how did you meet him, et cetera. Margaret, you can talk to me, girl. You know that I okay. met him. Well, cause we're, we're, cause we're on the record right now. So we are <laughs> <laughs> on the record, Margaret CSI. No, I, I met him while doing traffic on a radio station. I won't say which one it was an, it was an, I'll, I'll give you a big clue. It was, um, a station in Elgin that turned Spanish, um, but at the time it wasn't Spanish, obviously. And that's kind of how it happened. All right. You asked me, what's the mystery? What do you like about radio? The mystery. So I got to know his personality. Wait a second, no, were you young when you got married? Were you? I was 28. You I was 28. And, and so you see, you met at the radio station. You were married for a couple of years. Yeah. Wow. I thought this was your first marriage. Okay. No, no. Um, sadly not, but that's okay. These things happen. Yeah. Um, you know? Well, because I would say, and I, I said this to Dan before, I, I really see that you really respect him and you speak very highly of him. And sometimes I see women not respect their husbands as much or they criticize him in some way. But you can also, even with COVID, some people's relationships have actually become strained or they've sure. broken up, but you guys have stayed strong. And so we, I just thought you were, I didn't know that you were married before and you had that experience. Yeah. Well, in terms of like with COVID, I mean, we talked about that. We actually, you have to really like your partner. Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate that he's home and he's working from home and that he's working because I'm only one day a week right now because of it, because of COVID, but we're around a lot, you know, and then you, we've got our child who just turned seven. So that adds a lot into the mixing bowl and we really do laugh. You have to, you can get on each other. You can really know someone and know their weaknesses and they know yours and get on each other's nerves, but it's part of it. And then you just have to laugh. We really, we like each other. We're friends. 
We're well, friends. what did you learn from your first marriage that helped you in your current marriage? Oh my God. God rest his soul. Because you have a very good relationship. And also I'm very, I, I've said this to Dan for many years. I feel like it says a lot about him that he married you because you're a very strong person. You're straightforward and you're down to earth. Thank you. And sometimes women act a certain way in order to ingratiate themselves to guys. Oh, God, I'm, I'm sure I probably did that. In my, I don't think I really did that too much in my 20s because I couldn't do it for long. What I learned, Margaret, was I felt like a roommate, not a partner. Everything was down the middle. It was kind of like sharing uh, down to the penny. I, I didn't feel we had different views of marriage. I loved him. We had different views and I didn't feel like a partner. That's well, pretty wait, much did you, what I Was he like this when you were going out? Well, you know, you don't know. You don't live with somebody. I didn't live with them, you know? So you don't know. It's different when you live with somebody. You can date till the cows come home. But when you're in and when you're living with them daily, you really, you can't hide the real you for that long. I'm not saying you hit anything. And I'm sure if he was around, he would say, well, she, whatever. But I tried to be as peaceful. It's never peaceful to get a divorce ever. I'm Catholic. It wasn't easy, but I knew what I had to do for me. I knew I wanted children more, more than anything. And I knew that I couldn't have them if I had doubts. So I had to get out while I still had ovaries and they were still functional. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. So you got divorced because you didn't, you weren't partners like you are now. And, no. and you knew that it wouldn't improve. Oh, I knew it wouldn't improve. So I then, what did you learn going into this one? How to be different, what to look for? I knew that I'll give you an example. Then you'll understand. I was part-time and he was again, a fellow radio guy. I was part-time believe it or not on the score. The score has been a huge part of my career and a great part of my career. So I was 20 hours a week. My gosh, I was just 20 hours a week before COVID, but that's okay. 20 hours a week. He was um, full-time at this job and we weren't, you know, it's radio. You don't exactly make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So we were, you know, struggling like every other young couple. So we thought, and I'm really getting personal with you. If we had, it was our money, but well, if this we is the had, first time that somebody's gotten so personal on the record with me. So oh, is that okay? Oh. Fine. If it's okay with you, I don't mind. No, it is. It is. I'm, I, I have nothing but great things to say. He was a good guy. It just didn't work. We thought we had, if we had separate checks, like if he ever went shopping, he was terrible with receipts. He can deduct it. And if I went, I could deduct it. And we didn't have to, Hey, I, I went shopping and you know, it wasn't done online at the time. We weren't doing that stuff like that of how much was in the account. It would be easier. You, you follow me. Mm -hmm. So yet it was still our money, but like when rent came and stuff, let's say I'm guessing I'm throwing out a number. Let's say the rent was a thousand. There's no way it was a thousand back then. He would say, you owe me, or no, let's say it was, the, it was a thousand fifty one. He would say, you owe me um, $526.50. I mean, it was down. And I'm like, first of all, you have a calculator to figure this out. Secondly, I am not, it's not even in my account. It's still our money. You, are you, do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. But I mean, when no, you were was, dating, did, when you were dating, did he pay for you at all? You know what, Margaret, I gotta be honest. I'm having a, I'm having a Jill moment here. He did. But now that you mention it and I thought about this, like Dan's always been really good. Look, I think a guy I'm old fashioned. I'm not about money, but I'm old fashioned. It's nice. If you hold the door, it's nice. If you do these things. And I think a guy should take it. I'm not ashamed of my feminine, uh, me being feminine is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. 
we would go to places and he would either go with it. <laughs> I'm talking about it. Oh my God. Have you talked about this before? No, I thought about it the other day because Dan's Dan's always been really good at acting like, you know, money's never an, an issue. Mm-hmm. Even if it is, it's never an issue. I don't know if a cute, it, it, I, I'm all about saving money and, and I understand the struggle. So he would say like, well, I don't have a coupon. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was Wendy's and we went to restaurants. Don't get me wrong, but he would always make sure he got some sort of like deal on it. And when you're dating, you really don't want to kind of put that forward. Cause I would never go to expensive places. Cause I know I don't expect a guy to spend all this money on me. I really don't. It's not, it's not about money. It's not important to me, but when you're pulling out a two for one at, you know, whatever. And then, and then saying, So I guess I should have looked at those as, and I was like, no, that's cool. I understand because I'm not that kind of woman who needs to be at Gibson's, you know, go to a sports bar and have chicken wings and I can have a great time. So maybe I missed a couple of clues. Did he grow up poor or something? He did. I think he did. Oh, maybe that's why. I think he did. And I think, and I do know that he spent a lot of his money before because he was single. Well, he's got a history, but that's not important because we all have a history. Um, but I didn't care about that. I cared about who he was then at that time at, you know, yeah, why were you in love with him? He had a good heart. He made me laugh. And I have never looked at money with a guy after him. I said, that's what I was going for, but I never did. That's not me. If you had money, that would be a bonus, but I want to laugh. I, I, you got it. You got it. Oh, go how, ahead. Long, how long did you guys go out for? Uh, we started 25, uh, about two and a half years. About two and a half years. That's a long time. Almost so three. I'm yeah. surprised you didn't know more about him. Um, me too. <laughs> so me you, started too. Going, you started going out with it when you were in your mid-20s. Yeah, but you know what, Margaret? I let a lot of things go because I understood the struggle of money. I understood all those things. Radio people understand these things right. on a level that people don't realize. Um, and because I understood it, I was very compassionate towards it because... I don't ever want to judge anybody. And I'm like, okay, it's all good. But I think I thought when we got married, I didn't think the calculator was going to come out. Well, it sounds like either sometimes people grow up poor and then they're very concerned about money. And then sometimes people don't grow up poor, but their parents grew up poor and their parents, and they're sort of internalizing what their parents grew up with. Yeah, I maybe, you know, I just, my point was we're together. This is our money. So we can, get one little checkbook. That's fine. But I was trying to, we thought it would be easier. It just, I, I felt like a roommate. Right. And, and, and when you feel like a roommate, I, that's not a marriage to me and God bless his soul. It just didn't work. And he did not want it to end. Really? What and was I, his reason? He, he did not want it to end. I did it. But why didn't he want it to end? He wanted to work. He wanted, he wanted me back. I, I saw him on the orange line once and he's crying and I'm like, good Lord. I, when I'm done, Margaret, I'm done. But it takes me a long time to get there. But the thing is, when when you ended it, did he did when you said you wanted to end it? Did he say something like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I've been uptight about money and treating you like a roommate"? No, no, no. He actually blamed it on me, of course, because you're fighting. Wow. And I am I am far from perfect, so let's talk it out. But it it just he is who he is, and I I was who I was, and certain things I don't know if you can necessarily work past. He said. I, oh, that was it. And I, again, I'm, I have nothing but kind words about this guy's heart, but he called me a freeloader. I'm like, I'm a freeloader. Wow. Okay. Even after you were married, he said that? Because I wasn't giving him half the rent. 
And I feel bad because Wait, you know, that, that sounds strange. You're, you guys are married, you're together and he's calling you a freeloader because yes, because I said, I don't have that money. It's our wow. money. Wow. I'm working. It sounds know. like he had some issues. Yeah. I mean, I guess I did too, but that to me, I was just like, I'm not feeling like you're taking care of me as a, I'll say it again, as a man, I, I like that feeling. I can take care of myself. Well, especially when you're married, it goes together. You're it's, yes. it's not just two separate lives. No, okay. no. So did anyone, you were going out there, did anybody say, Hey, you shouldn't be with this guy? Um, maybe not to my face. I know my mom was kind of, I think maybe a little worried. It wasn't going to be able to financially, you know, she knew I wanted kids. She knew if I had them, I want to be home with them till they're in school. She knew that. And she kind of alluded to it, but it, you know, I was like, okay, I'm still marrying them though. A lot of people, you know, and I did, and I don't regret it, Margaret. That's because I don't regret that. He he was a good man, and he's with God now. So, so how did you prepare for this marriage? Because this marriage is very different than what you're describing. Well, so I move on to another radio man. (laughs) But that's all you when you're in the business. That's and you work weird hours. You kind of gravitate towards people with weird. It's not always reciprocated. What do you mean? Well, because sometimes you might like somebody and they don't like you back. Oh, well, yeah, of course. But um, no. So this one, I actually mentioned all that stuff to him. I said, this worries me. This is what broke up my first marriage to me. And I can't have this in another marriage. And we don't have that. What I knew I felt broke up our marriage. I talked to Dan about but while we were dating. Okay. I cannot have this. This is what broke it up. And I'm not doing that again. So. And apparently it's worked out very well because you're a strong couple. Yeah, You know, we are, we are, we've been through a lot and all couples have, everyone's been through hell this past year, but two radio people. I mean, if one doesn't get fired, the other one does. If that one doesn't get fired, the other one does. That's just the nature of radio. And, and, And you better be strong to handle that. You're listening to the Radio Girl Podcast with Margaret Larkin. And that was Jeff Davis, who's at jeffdavis.com. And I have to apologize for my horrible mic sound. I tested it, but for some reason it didn't record correctly through Zoom. And this has happened before, so I have to figure out what the issue is. Other than that, I will be teaching podcasting at Columbia again next semester, where I will teach the students not to make this kind of mistake. And my novel, Wicker Park Wishes, is now available as an ebook at Amazon for a much cheaper price than the print version. But I mean, when you, when you talk to people and they say they want to go into radio, what do you tell them? Oh, it's fabulous. No, I do. Radio is fabulous. I said, it's very exciting when you, when you get behind the microphone or you, you, you give that one line or whatever it is that you want to do. There's a thrill to it. I don't know. You, you, you write, you do all these things. I don't know what your thrill is um, with what you do, but I know if I'm on and I do a zinger or I make someone laugh or I get something out. I feel like I, I, I've done good. So I tell people that is what keeps you going. It's a high. Everyone's got a high in whatever business they do. I'm sir. Surgeons love to cut into the skin and just pull the chest open. That's not for me, but you know, everyone's got their thing. So I tell people it's like that guy or girl, you just can't quite get away from. Cause even when you're away from it, you miss it. Well, but the thing is that what's hard about it now is that people do want to be on the air and they're good at it, but they don't really find the opportunities. But here's what I tell them. You have so many more opportunities than we had, Margaret. Like I said, anybody, your pervert down the street that lives from you, you know, who waters his lawn just to see all the pretty girls go by can have a podcast talking about ways to check out girls go out and, you know, you know what I mean? We didn't have, well, we, I, I can't speak for you. We did. Well, I didn't have that. 
You yeah, either but, I mean, had but a, the thing is, it's hard to make a living from podcasting. Yeah, but that's a way to start it. If we, I didn't have that. You either had to be on the radio or nobody knew who you were. So it's very hard to make a living in podcasting. Very hard. But man, do you get a chance to get your talent out there, your voice heard. It's kind of like everyone's got talent or the old star search. You know, somebody has to all, all it takes is one person to hear you and say, I like that. I like her style. I like his style. And you can go very far with that. That is an opportunity given to everybody now who's thinking of going into radio. Take it, take it. But now you said that, um, well, not you said, because I've been on your podcast and I really like your podcast a lot. Um, Recently you posted an episode, but what do you like about podcasting? Well, I'm ashamed to admit, but since I've pretty much given you my open life book right now, Margaret. <laughs> well, I think it's incredible that I discovered something about you and I've talked to you over the years. Oh, yeah. That is, that, yeah, well, good. Okay. It's also therapeutic for me. That's good. What? Wait, what did you ask me? <laughs> what do you like about podcasting? I didn't like it at first. I made fun of it. Why? Because I thought, oh my God, this is so lame. It's not going to go anywhere. And then without getting into it, I started realizing, you know what? I'm getting a lot more out of certain podcasts than I I am out of maybe other things that are very well known. And I started really liking what people were saying and discovering new things that you just can't maybe get when you put on the TV or, well, you know, whatever. And you get different angles of things. And I really enjoy listening to people's stories whether it's news or are you talking about stories that you're getting out of people after you anything, them? anything, oh, Margaret, that you, yeah. you can find so much more on real people too. their experiences that maybe you wouldn't know about or anything you want to know about any Joe Schmo can get out there and give you such wonderful information on something you may want to know about that you couldn't get anywhere else because maybe you're not an author, which I know you are, or maybe you're not on the radio or on the television and I think people like that. They like to be relatable. Does that make but why sense? Did you, yeah. But why did you start your podcast? I what start, is your podcast? Can we find out what it is? Yeah, I, I have two of them because I'm a, a little bit freaky. And it's funny. You asked me this. I have a paranormal podcast called On a Quest Paranormal at On a Quest Pod. Okay. And it's not just about, I've always loved Halloween and ghosts and all this stuff. I love mystery. I love the unknown. I, and that encompasses everything. UFOs, spirits, angels, sightings, Bigfoot. You get the idea. I thought, you know what? That's what the original podcast was. And I've gotten a lot of good guests on there. I, you have an incredible story, Margaret, on <laughs> that I had you on. And I think people experience some freaky deaky stuff on a daily basis and either are afraid to talk about it, don't know where to talk about it. And because I like to be scared out of my pants sometimes, I like to talk to people and get a thrill. But when the mic is down and I've got my crucifix above the bed, I'm like, <laughs> do you really have a do you really have a crucifix above your well, bed? Well, yeah, I always had one as a kid. I I yeah, of course. And it's funny because you asked me, aren't you afraid being a Christian? I'm like, yeah, I probably should be. So I don't do the ghost hunting or anything because I really don't want to open up any doors Mm -hmm. and I don't want anything laying in my bed that shouldn't be there. I said that when I was dating and I'll say it now. (laughs) I mean, I really, so that's the one. And it's really about anything that's paranormal. And the other one is someone said, you know, not everybody likes that stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? Not everybody does. So I did the Jill Urchak show, which is just about anything. I, I love that me. podcast. And the mm-hmm. conversations are real. 
See, I, I like, I like people, even if they're nasty, I, I respect the honesty about being nasty more than being phony to me. Well, especially I, I those people who are like, hi, how are you? And they actually hate you and they're daggers in their eyes, but they're smiling. Oh, yeah. That's pretty disconcerting. A lot of those floating around. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I don't people. even trust them. I mean, sometimes I like when people are more on the level because I know where they're coming from. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you there's plenty of people I could think of that I just, our vibes aren't the same, but that's okay. Right. We don't have to hang out. We don't have to be BFFs. I don't care. Go about your merry way. <laughs> Right. You know, so, but I mean, has there been anything else that, um, any other experience that was really, that really caused you to see things differently? There was a radio experience that caused me to see things. Ooh, differently. You don't have to say the details. What was it? I'll give you the dang details. No, okay, um, are you sure? okay. I, let's just say it was a radio station that came about an all new station after a music, very popular music station had left the scene. And, um, there was no rhyme or reason for any of it on any level, but I was hired and I was grateful because I like to work. Mm-hmm. And I went in, I, t- when I, you, Oh, you'll love this Margaret. When I went for the interview, I said, is this like overnights weekends? I was single at the time, maybe every other weekend, no overnights. And at the time I was working BVM, I was working until uh, midnight or 11, 11 or midnight. I said, okay, I'm used to those hours. I just, I, I don't, I can't do overnights. Like I just, no, 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 no. It's not overnights. Okay. Well then we, we go into the station. There's all these people sitting and I thought, what, what are we all, what are we all doing here? I didn't bring my own computer. It was very strange. Long story short, three days go by. I show up. I'm like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> I still don't know why I'm there because the station wasn't even ready to go. Well, my boss pulls me aside and I said, can I have my schedule? I'm not really sure why I'm here all overnights and every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Now, Margaret, this is okay. A lot of money. And I looked at him. I'm like, oh my God, I felt like I lost all my bowels. I went into the bathroom and called my mom. I'm in the stall. I'm like, I tell her what happened. She goes, what are you going to do? I said, I purposely was upfront. I actually went into the boss's office and said, I'm not doing this. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, what? I said, I did not sign up for this. I couldn't believe I said this. Mm -hmm. Um, I specifically, and by the way, he didn't meet me for the interview. It was the producers. Very strange, not meeting with a program director. And I said, I'm sorry. It's just, I, I'm not, I didn't sign up for this. I don't mind doing like weekends here and there, like, but I'm not doing all overnights. And he was like, oh, well, they kept me on. And Dan's like, you have got gonads bigger than anything I've ever seen. I said, I'm tired of being screwed around. I'm just tired of it. That's not. No, that's not what I signed up for. But the 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 thing is, I had no training on the board. Now I've ran boards before, mm-hmm. lots of radio boards. This was a new one and it was huge. So I went in one day and snuck in while people were on and just visual visually took it all in. I had no training, Margaret. Went on the next day. Well, why didn't they train you? He kept saying, we'll just come in and, and, and we'll train you. Because <laughs> this is how things were, were run. I said, but you never trained me the day before my very first on air shift. I went in, sat in with people and I was like, holy, you know what? This is not going to work. Showed up the next day. I said, where am I supposed to write the news? Like I had no training on anything. He literally berated me in front of everybody and said, listen here, Urchak, if you don't, if you can't cut it in this business, you shouldn't be in here. What? But I mean, to be trained is a normal thing, especially with technology. I had trained, I was trained on nothing. I didn't even really know what my purpose was. And I had that lump in my throat. 
I was two seconds away from tears. Everybody's nameless here. The guy next to me, he's like, are you okay? I said, I am fine. This sounds like a super toxic environment. It was awful in front of everybody. And I said, oh, I can cut it in this business. And now it's a challenge. So Margaret, I went in there. I swear to God, I had a guardian angel. I worked that board like no one's ever seen. I was, I was fading and I was moving levels up and down very gracefully, freaking out the entire time, but I did it. And that changed me forever. I said, there's nothing you can throw at me that is ever going to make me scared after that awful experience ever. And how long were you there at that awful place? When do they fire me? Um, (laughs) When do they fire me? (laughs) But I don't think that was the reason. I actually think I know the reason. I'll tell you that off the air. A lot of people didn't laugh there. It was six months. I think it was six months. Yeah. Okay. Good times. So how did, first of all, how do you keep getting hired at all these places within Chicago and you haven't had to leave the state? You how literally do you get hired? I don't know. I stopped putting out. No, I'm just kidding. I've never done that. Um, I don't know, Margaret. I think I just, I have been very lucky in terms of um, ending something and something just happened to open, but I believe things happen for a reason. I don't know. So I don't they come know how- to you or do you apply or what? Uh, both, both. I think only a couple times it came to me, which surprised me. It was like, Oh God, thank you. But no, I would go to them. I'd say I go to them more than they come to me, but there have been a few times I have gotten very, very lucky. No, you did make, uh, you did allude to something that some people have done to get ahead. Um, why hasn't there been a Me Too reckoning in the radio business? And that was a joke. I, I'm pretty I sure know. you know that. I understand. Um, I think there is now. I'm going to leave <laughs> okay, it at that. Without naming any names. Or yeah, no, I think. Details, have you ever seen these kinds of things or heard about these kinds of things happening? Well, something happened to me once when I was interning. Ooh, what? All right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like a TMZ or something. I was very, I was interning. I was very young. I was at Columbia College and I was at a bar drinking. This is what you do when you're 22, right? Some of the people, I don't even remember the guy's name. I won't even say the station. The program director, he was the program director at the time, was having a party, said he was having a party. This was during the day because they sold tokens. And I remember that because I had my bus token and we were going back up to his, he had a high rise. So I went up there. And this is and a professional I'm, station. Yes. Okay. It's not there anymore, but it was a very professional station. He's not even around. I don't even know where he is, but I was really, I mean, again, I was drinking and I was like, where's everybody? I was sitting down on the couch and he's like, no one's here. And then he put his hand on my knee and moved it up. And I was, you said this is in his place. Yeah. I thought there were people coming back. I was horrified. Like I just didn't even, I wasn't thinking, I was thinking he was having a party. It was this guy married. Yes. Yes. I, like I said, I don't even remember his name. This was so long ago. All he did, which was still bad was put his hand on my knee and just kind of move it up. And I said, I, and I remember this, I sobered up pretty quickly. I got to go. And I took off and got on the bus and was mortified. The next day, he wouldn't talk to me or look at me. And I thought, you got a lot of nerve looking at me. I didn't say anything. Nothing happened, but that shouldn't have happened. Right. You follow me? Well, yeah, but he was probably wanting to know how far you would go. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, now, some guys, they don't want, they don't wait to find out. They just do it. Right. And that, and look, I mean, that's, that can happen to anybody at any time. It's terrifying, but 
that certainly opened my eyes. I was very young. You're, you're figuring out, you know, radio is a lot like Hollywood in a sense in terms of in Chicago, because we don't have the, um, we're not in Hollywood or in New York, you know, we've got our own radio thing is, it's a lot of fun here, but I, I didn't say anything to anybody. I just remember thinking you have the South side in me, the nerve to be mad at me. So that, well, he was I, mad at you, but did he take any action? Like take certain no, things away from you? Okay. No, 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 no. Now, have you heard, without saying details um, about anybody specific, have you witnessed anything or seen any, or uh, that's the same thing. Have you heard anything about similar occurrences? Yeah, I would hear rumblings here and there, but I don't, you know what? I don't know. And I don't okay, want to ever I, believe that. No, I would never say anything, right. details or anything. Uh, Cause you don't know, you don't know if some people are out to be getting attention or you don't know if some people are lying or if it really happened. Now it had, nobody's ever confided in me, thankfully, cause I'd be, <laughs> so I don't know the whole me too movement is um, I'm glad women are able to speak out. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of crazy women out there too, that will say things that aren't true, which is sad, but I am glad that there's a platform for them and, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens because I wonder if something more is going to be revealed because somehow it skipped the radio business and maybe yeah. even the TV business, the TV news business. We don't, we haven't seen anything. Maybe not locally, but nationally. Right. Nationally. Yes. But we haven't seen mm-hmm. people local have not come out to tell their stories. No, Why? it's, I don't know. The whole thing is just creepy. It's yeah. creepy. And I'm glad I'm kind of away from it right now. Now, what, why do you, what did you think within you decided not to go along with what that guy was doing? Because some people don't stop at that point. I was horrified, Margaret. Um, again, all he did, which was still wrong mm-hmm. because I had, I was like, where are the people, you know, th- I was probably up there maybe a minute. Where are the people? And I just knew that that wasn't normal. And that's not why I was there. And I was absolutely horrified. I took off so fast. I just, <laughs> Because that was my instinct to just not, you know, be there. I mean, that's not why I was there. I wonder where his wife was. If you, if he took she, you back no, to he, I do remember his wife lived in a different state. Ooh, wow. His wife lived in a different state. And I think he was commuting back and forth. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, this was, so. this was, this was about. I bet other people have stories though. 24 years ago. People have stories, Margaret. And you know I mean, what? about the same person. Oh, maybe, maybe I was so young and naive, honestly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. many of us are, but sadly you can't compliment people anymore. And I'll say, I don't like that. You can't say in a workplace, Oh, you look nice. And you mean it in the most genuine way. That's true. Because one time I was talking to somebody is a guy and they were saying, they want to make some comment about, you know, a woman and uh, you are somebody on TV. And I said, look, I don't judge you for saying that because I know you're a good person. You're not a lech. Right. So, but you can't even like innocently say, Oh, that perfume smells nice. Like I'm not wearing perfume for my health. I want to smell nice. Right. You know, but you, but, I, but you can't even do that. Well, I think so, it's because there's almost a zero tolerance because yeah. people have crossed the line many times they've gotten away with it. That I understand. But the sad thing is now you can't even like <sighs> nice haircut, you know? So. Right, saying, yeah. Now, now, now that you have uh, two, you're on your second marriage, which I didn't know. But anyway, um, do you have any advice for people who want to get married? 
Yeah, I would just say be as truthful as you can before you get married because it doesn't change. And and I and I'm probably guilty of this. A lot of people think oh, it'll be better when I get it won't happen when I get married. Yeah, I don't know why people, people think, think that. that. Why do they, they think do. it's going to be better? Well, because you think, oh, it'll be cozy. You'll always you'll always be wearing your negligee, frying up eggs in the kitchen, bringing home. <laughs> no, you know that it's just going to be a way. We all have our little fantasies in our head, and I just think you think once you're married, it's good. like. Once you have a baby, it's going to go away. Uh, no. So that would be my advice. So I would say if you've got problems now and that's okay, people can have problems and no marriage is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, my advice is it's not only going to stay there, but potentially be worse because you're living day in and day out now mm-hmm. and it's legal. So that makes a big difference. And if you bring a kid into it, that changes the dynamics completely. Cause you can't just, it's not about you anymore. Yeah. How, so how do you change after you had a kid? I have been waiting for this Margaret more than any job I've ever had. Hmm. I have been waiting for my little DJ. I wanted six, you know, but when you have a kid at 42, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're blessed to have that one. Right. Um, I probably would have had another one, but ironically I lost my job at WGN and financially just didn't think it was a good idea, but mm-hmm. I digress. So you relive your childhood through your kid and you realize how much love you have in your heart. And I know people have said it and it's like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. I have a cat. Okay. Cats are good. I have tons of nieces and nephews. I love them dearly, but man, you really, the love you have, the the self-sacrificing that you do for your child is really hard to explain. It's worth every, every second even though half the time I just run out of the house and I need five minutes to myself. Right. It just really puts things in perspective. And if you have bad habits, you try not to be a hypocrite. I don't smoke or really drink anymore. Mm-hmm. So with DJ, I try to, if I tell him something, I try myself to do it. It kind of makes you reevaluate your own life and how you live, you know? Yeah. No, you you talked about losing various jobs. How do you deal with the loss of the job? How do you get through that? Every time I say it gets easier, it doesn't. It it still shocks me. You go through the mourning phase. I'll tell you, here's what here's what people do. They go through it. They put it out on social media, and it's not that they were berating, let go. not berating. Have what was that? Have I been let go? No, I mean no. When they put it on social media, are they talking about being let go? Yeah, I mean. When you, if I, if I lose a job, a radio job, it's always devastating. And then you hope other people see it and say, we're hiring here. That's the whole point Mm -hmm. for me. Okay. It's not because I need people going, oh, I'm sorry, which I appreciate. It's because, Hey, (laughs) are there any openings kind of deal? So it's because I saw, I saw somebody who was uh, sort of doing some stuff and they said, I would love to be on the air at such and such. And they actually got that. I think it's because they were talking about in social media, and people were really? responding and people were responding. This is in another state and people were responding in a positive way. And maybe the bosses saw that and they got what they wanted. Well, that's why you have to use social media for good. And people screw it up all the time. If you can't say it out loud and own it, don't post it. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like for anybody who loses a job, especially in radio, put it out there. It makes you feel better. People make you feel better for a first couple of days. And then all of a sudden the post stop and you're like, Where, where's the job? No, it's hard. But how did you deal with it before social media? Same way. I just thought you think, what did I do? But it's nothing you've done. It's just the nature of the business. Things change or stations change or whatever the reason is. You just, you feel sick. It is like a death because you've lost your money. 
you've lost the people, if you like them, that you've worked with, which are like family. That's hard. Yeah. It's very hard. But once it happens the first time and you know, there's another job around the corner, then you know that when it happens again, because it's happened to me five times, five times, five times, um, you don't take it as personally. And at some point you just really have to support yourself financially and know that radio comes and goes. It just does. It just comes and goes. And you think every job you get when you have it. But when you were saying that when you first got into it, it was a different kind of business. How was it different? Oh my, because did you used to watch WKRP? Yes. Really good show. Because when I watched it as a kid, and that's not the reason I wanted to go into radio, it just looked fun. It looked, and I already knew I wanted to do it because of the music aspect. So when I got in it, it wasn't PC. It was fun. It wasn't so regimented. And I'm a big, non-politically correct person. You know that about me. That doesn't mean I offend you. I I don't tell people they're ugly and their mom addresses them funny. I'm not going to offend you. I'm not a jerk, but, but it, but it was more spontaneous and fun. Oh yeah. And you can't have so much fun anymore without somebody being offended. That's my personal opinion. What a beautiful day. What do you mean? A beautiful day. There's chemtrails all, you know, it's like, okay, have a good day. (laughs) Really? No, I'm serious. It's just like, it, it, it just seemed more fun. It had more mystique to it. Yeah. And it's still fun. I still love radio. It's just different. But how 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 did it change or when did it change? From I think from it changed now? in the late 90s. I started just noticing differences. Things were being handled differently. I understand why, but I didn't like it. But what could I do about it? Mm-hmm. And it's the way society adapts to things, the way political correctness. And we're, I'm just saying this is my opinion made it harder to be yourself or say things that nobody really means to offend anybody by. And Mm -hmm. then that just became stricter and tighter. So you either adapt with it, which I have, or you do a podcast and you go against it. (laughs) You either adapt with it or, you know, I do remember radio having used to have to have like, you have a beautiful voice, Margaret. I've heard your voiceovers. Oh, thanks. And I think that should be something to it. You know, nobody wants to hear Minnie Mouse on the, on the radio, but that's just me because it used to have like a glamor to it. Right. Now I remember them saying, Oh, just anybody's regular voice. And there's nothing wrong with anybody's voice. Don't misunderstand me. It's fine. So let's just have a little bit of, make it a little different, make a little special mm-hmm. where I met you WGN. I'll say, I'll say the name on this one. Cause okay. <laughs> when I was on Pete McMurray, I had one of the best times. He's really talented. I thought Pete was great. It was me, Pete, Rob, and Scott. And we just all gelled. Scott, you know, as his producer, sidekick, Rob. Rob, Rob, which Rob? Rob Martyr. Okay. And I had so much fun on Pete's show because I used to, because I was was Pete's shows. Which one? What time are you talking about? Oh, at night when he was on WGN at night. Oh, like every night. Yes. Okay. Yeah. First it was Cap. And Mark Carmen, but that didn't last long when I started there. And then, and then Pete, mm-hmm. we had so much fun. We play name that tune. I was part of the show. It was, I know what you mean, Margaret. There's such a, I can never pronounce this word camaraderie. Yeah. camaraderie, yeah, Baby. Yeah. I think I said it. Yeah. I didn't want to leave. And I was done at midnight. I was like, this is, it was like being paid to be at home, hang out with friends. Let me know what you think. Email me at margaret at radiogirl.us. You can also call or text me at 716-202-TALK. That's 8255. And like the Radio Girl Facebook page. You can find out about who's coming up next, see pictures, listen to audio, and more.